0: The year is two thousand six. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year.
1: I'm uh, Here at the Comic Book Reading Club, where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book.
0: Zach, I need you to, to step up your energy, like ten thousand <laughs> percent. I, I honestly, I, did you hear
1: my voice just squeak off? Yes. Yeah. yeah like like yes. step up. Everybody your... heard
0: Zach. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear? <laughs> Look, I just got out of bed. <laughs> it's it's not fair for take take off the big cap, please. The little ball, uh. okay. Um, you're gonna have okay. to patch that hole in your roof. You shot. You shot out of bed at a 90 degree angle. <laughs> shot straight shot through the roof. I still haven't even you taken off. You shot out of my... bed.
2: <laughs> so hard. <laughs> you blew a hole in your roof.
0: Rose oh, is just boy.
2: left with
1: the mess. Um, okay. Oh, poor Rose. <sighs> I'm Zach, your comic book master, and master, today I... master master master.
2: See, so you do after. have too
1: much energy. Um... I'm joined yep, by Dave, too much. comic book expert, and Dave. Uh, Dave has a uh, for a podcaster an incredible top speed of six miles per hour, which he can get <laughs> up to in 15 <laughs> seconds. Zero to six miles an hour in 15 seconds. In 15, yeah, yeah. It's uh for a podcaster that's world record
0: setting. That's pretty good. I mean, honestly, as a podcaster, you do not have to move a lot. Um, I prefer the term entertainer, which is something mm-hmm. that I've been called a lot. Oh this my God. Week. I'm... Uh, <laughs> wait who called you that I saw the you know you I got an email one of many emails yeah. from a talent recruitment agency and uh, and I shared that email with my model this year slack which you can get access to by going to patreon.com slash always hustling uh-huh. always every day I'm hustling and uh, the talent management recruitment was like you know you're an influencer you're a podcaster you're a content creator boy do I love being called a content creator and they uh, and said and they threw in into one that I have not heard before into a valued entertainer, oh, which wow. honestly, like, wow. listen, it's been a big week for Cedric the Entertainer. This is the week where Cat Williams put Cedric on blast. Um, on <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if you've been following this saga. Nope. <laughs> um, no, any, but, uh, no idea who any with, of those people with are. With Cedric down, I feel like there's a nice window for entertainers. I think Dave the Entertainer can step up here. We've got Dave Summation we're going to be talking about here on the My Mother's here podcast fallout from house of m we do talk comics i haven't introduced charlotte yet what are you doing getting into the, the meat well of the I, you kind of like set me up to just like take
2: That's how, how i read I'm, those cues i'm no. not actually on this episode i'm just listening so yeah, no. <laughs> all don't, right don't we're well. also me. joined
1: by charlotte rainbow bell who is perfectly adapted as a podcaster aka you know darwin from deadly genesis yeah yeah, yeah. you tell a joke she adapts immediately to laugh at that joke <laughs> You tell, you say something thoughtful, her body immediately adapts to go, hmm, yeah, and shake her head sagely. She's the perfect podcasting machine. She is
0: incredibly Darwinsome as a host. Podcast
2: Ooh, podcast. nice. Thank you. you. I did. love how you, <laughs> you did the usual like introducing us as like. Uh, reference to the comic, and mm-hmm. then explicitly said. So I'm referencing Darwin, right? I know. Now, I just I wasn't sure people would get this one.
1: <laughs> I I thought it might be a little. It's
2: pretty too, obvious, too my sp- man. You think so? Okay. <laughs> Zach's right.
0: Zach's 2024 resolution is to be a lot more explicit. In, no, in our podcast. I I'm fine just it being a weird.
1: I mean, uh, Charlotte. I think our last episode, I just called us like the big dogs of podcasting because one guy. In like Runaways, <laughs> called himself a big dog, and I thought it was funny. So I'm I'm all, I'm okay letting the reference just sit this time. I just thought it was kind of clever, and I wanted to make sure people knew how clever I was. It's not even that clever. Perfect. Um, okay. Dave, speaking of like random emails you get because of you know that are probably my uh, <laughs> yeah just generated like automatically because of like a web scrape of your work. How do, how do uh, you? But go on. I, I got one recently in the my marvelous year Gmail that was like you know valuable resources are hard to come by blah 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 i'm so happy to find your information i found on cbh at my marvelous Year. we published (laughs) pages that say how what can you do to protect your business how dark web monitoring protects your business free web Mm. scan and i realized it's because the page that it was referencing is one where we read x-men i don't even think we've read this one yet now we haven't x-men 18 legions of X9 in dark web tie-ins and they just saw the word dark web yep. <laughs> on that page and we're like yep. man oh they must be interested in dark web the <laughs> so 2023 funny.
0: Marvel event dark web uh-huh. will trigger the dark web's fan bots uh, which is is kind of glorious yeah and oh my God is yet, that
2: what that event is is that what the name of that event is referencing I
0: didn't connect those dots until I started getting those emails <laughs> I'm yeah, but, not gonna lie. no because
1: they specifically called out that post so yeah uh doing a little
0: digging yeah um uh, yeah i'm cool. very uh, i'm very popular on the dark web i mean i think as a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a comics entertainer you mean you the... mean x now right that's <laughs> now <considered> the, <laughs> the dark web with all the, the yeah posts totally that happen on no there. i'm yeah. huge i'm huge like p- people like artists used to be huge in other countries i'm huge on the dark web um so check it out sometime i think I highly recommend it but yeah my love shoot is the podcast ring club we go through the history of comics from its origins to today Today we're kicking off 2006. We made it, guys. We made it to 2006. Um, this is this was a big year for me. I remember 2006 vividly. Uh, so in my own life, I was not yet reading comics, but I was I was aware. I, w- I was <laughs> wide awake in 2006. It's let aware. me tell you, 2006. <laughs> and, uh, I, was, I was
1: I had just graduated high school at the beginning uh-huh. of this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh was oh no no before that this was the second year yeah yeah i was just kind of in two thousand six,
2: I think I was in kindergarten and I was kindergarten. kid. I was the only kid in my classroom who knew how to read. So when the teacher was bored, she'd like let me do the reading instead. So I was reading stories to to my classmates because I was the only kid who could read. <laughs> that is so, so similar
0: to how this podcast has gone since you have been <laughs> in <Charlotte. laughs> Perfect. But we are gonna be talking today about the post House of M landscape. Decimation for Mutant Kind. Now, many of you will note Decimation is not your typical Marvel event that we've been covering in the sense that there is not like a Decimation one through six. Like there's not, Mm. you know, a core event series per se. What there are are a smattering of titles, mostly X Men titles, that fall into the Decimation umbrella, right? It's more of an era than like a core event series there is of course a reading order on comic book herald you can find the link in the spreadsheet if you're back in the spreadsheet over on patreon.com slash my year or of course it's just free on cbh um decimation we talked about it a little bit i think at the end of house of m because house of M. so uh, mild spoilers for house of m which we read last year and uh and what's to come for the comics may follow at the end of house of m wanda scarlet witch realizes what has I swear happened where i heard you say garlic witch <laughs> <I don't... laughs> garlic witch
1: yeah Charlotte, did you That's hear that too I didn't hear, I didn't hear the scuss noise just you zach so I okay. very well. clearly heard scuts listeners witch. if you heard garlic witch also please write in to mymrc at gmail.com i
0: have been playing a lot of overcooked with my mm-hmm. wife so there's oh. <laughs> there's a decent chance there's <sighs> Lucky a decent chance my wife said garlic refuses wolf. to play that with me because what why why she thinks she gets, she'll get too mad at you? She gets too stressed out. She doesn't like yeah.
1: she, she doesn't like stressful games.
0: I actually thought it would I, I thought like the first time I'm like, oh, this is gonna lead to like us fighting and mm. like we should not play this game together. Mm-hmm. But actually it like like made us communicate Solidified really effectively. Your bond, and then, yeah. and honestly, I've never been more in love.
2: Charlotte, with didn't a you and I woman. sit and play that for a while? I, thi- I no, think I think you and I you you bought it for me so that we could play it, but you bought the version that isn't, uh, like, that you can't play it uh, online. Like, you have to be present in the same room to play it uh, at the same oh. time, I think. Okay. And I think so, you bought so it, like, Kind of, of for nothing.
0: For a thoughtful cool. gift. For a thoughtful yeah, I'm really nice.
2: Thanks, really nice. <laughs> Zach. I think it's the takeaway here. What
0: a okay. guy. What a guy. Uh, Dave, what, what sorry, a guy, you were saying something about Charlotte Witch. Charlotte Witch! The Charlotte
1: Witch! That was not in I, th- I thought
2: you were going to say Charlotte's Web which Again, uh, interesting idea be- for, for Spider-Man events.
1: How have we made it this far without ever making a Charlotte Witch
0: joke? Is that true?
1: I, I, I mean, mean, I, I don't think... A fantastic question. I just let that slip accidentally. But. So okay. the Charlotte Witch
0: said yeah. no more <laughs> mutants. Mm-hmm. And the result of that was the mutant population of Earth was reduced to 198 mutants retaining their power. I don't know if we've gotten that number exactly here. Um, but basically, it's you know 99% of mutant kind loses their abilities, the individuals that keep them are mostly just, like, the important ones, <laughs> right? So, like, Wolverine still has mutant abilities, Cyclops, Sam Frost. Um, you do get some some notable, like, the Blob or Iceman, you know, so Magneto, certainly, and we'll, we'll see some others as this goes, okay? So that's Decimation. Is mutant kind of lost their powers? I think we talked a little bit, and we can talk a little bit as we go, about, as an era, is this a good idea? Is it interesting? Does it feel like a situation that makes you want to read X-Men comics? And then even bigger than that, I'm kind of curious on your take, Cheryl and Zach. Do X, do the X-Men have to be losing horribly to have to, for their comics to be interesting? Or can X-Men comics be interesting when they're thriving? Because that's kinda, kind of an important dichotomy, I feel like, in mm. fandom right now. Mm. So the first series we read here, and all these issues are linked Wait, can in the show notes. I, can I
1: can I talk about the uh, just like what I think about the House of M, like aftermath? You know, yeah. Like, yeah walk, let's do walking it. into walking into this, yeah, like that idea. Um, I think it has potential for like some dramatic interest, right? Like 198 mutants, <laughs> but only only in the like walking into this. I was like, the only interesting thing is if they explore what it's like for the mutants who lost their powers. And the, like, the split between the mutants who lost their powers and the mutants who have their powers and how they, like, interface now. Like, yeah. are you still a mutant? And, you know, do they get accepted, rejected, whatever. Like, all that, that stuff um, of, like, the people who switched. Not that there's fewer mutants. Because the part, the part mm-hmm. of the thing where it's like, yeah, there's so much, many fewer mutants. There's only 198, so they're, like, a really special breed. Um Like, honestly, I couldn't have named 200 mutants before this, so, like, there might have effectively have just been 200 mutants, like, for all intents and purposes of the comic. So, like, you know, Iceman and Magneto not having their powers, I'm interested to see, like, what that means. I'm less interested in, like, I guess what a world with that few mutants means. Although, I guess, like, the idea that they're closer to extinction is kind of interesting. I think that sets up maybe some, like, potential threats um storyline
0: it's it is also like i mean it is the polar opposite of the morrison run right because although Mm -hmm. the morrison run kicks off with the extermination of 16 million mutants in genosa the genocide right of 16 million mutants that run is still about mutants becoming the dominant evolutionary species Mm -hmm. right it's like even with that setback they're still on their way to becoming the dominant life form on earth and that is, I think, a very interesting framing and conversation. And I think what Morrison proves in New X-Men is, I think a lot of times the fear of a mutant nation, right? The fear of a mutant planet is they'll, it'll be boring because they'll have won, right? And I, I think comics, you know, they are, superhero comics in particular, like they're driven by adversity, right? Like how, how interesting is Spider-Man without the guilt, and the problems, you know, I think is a challenge that, that storytellers face. I think what Morris improves is even in this situation where they are quote unquote thriving for them, right? They have X Corp offices all over the world. The the world knows Charles Xavier is a mutant. Um, they kind of have more public presence than ever before. There's still a ton of adversity, right? Mm-hmm. There's still all these challenges that pop up and all these stories you can tell within that. Um, Decimation takes the exact opposite approach and says, "What if the evolutionary species that was on the rise and was going to dominate the planet was wiped out, essentially, and an endangered species?" Mm-hmm. Um, which is an approach, <laughs> right? Uh, that is that is another story. I'm kind of with you, Zach, in terms of. Um, I think now the one of the challenges you face here is the most interesting stories become become all the mutants who lost their powers. Um, And what's going on there in terms of, like, mutant and former mutant relations and that sort of thing, as opposed Mm -hmm. to now, like, what we kind of read in um, Deadly Genesis. So today we were at Son of M and Deadly Genesis. And Deadly Genesis is kind of just like, well, all these mutants mostly still have their powers. And it's kind of just an X-Men story. Um, Charlotte, what are are your thoughts on all this, on on decimation and the framing?
2: I think think part of this is I never quite feel like – and, like, it – Part of it is I know this mission like doesn't last forever, Um, and I know like lasts a long time though. Yeah, it it does last a a long time, Um, but I feel like you wouldn't know that reading these comics. I don't know. To me, the those comics feel like if I I feel like if I'd read those comics in two thousand six as like as like a twenty three year old, I would have thought that this mission was going to last like one year two years and that it would get walked back like pretty quickly uh-huh. i don't think i don't think these comics um quite sell how much this mission is actually gonna last which makes me wonder if they actually knew how long this mission w- was yeah, gonna last sure. um because it feels like they're giving a lot of possible ways for it to be walked back with like the inhuman uh, quicksilver stuff with like, i don't know it's f- feels like there's n- there isn't quite a reason why it can't get walked back with like uh, a, a s- scarlet witch like uh, kind of powers like it's the marvel universe there's like plenty of solutions to to remedy to this that's true um, but
1: i actually kind of think son of M with the uh, the inhuman thing specifically underlined to me it won't be easy i think that like was one of the takeaways I got from that comic was the, like, yeah, any shortcut to just get mutants their powers back is that. It's a shortcut, and it's not gonna be, you know, it, it's not as easy as people think. So that actually I mean, kind of re-established to me that, like, oh, okay, this is not something that will just get handled. I mean, who knows? I I have no idea if this gets... Yeah. Brought, like, for all I know, you know, walking to the Krakoa era 20 or 15 years later, this is still the status quo. I have no idea.
0: So, and I think you're right, Charlotte, that it's... You know, it's it's the Marvel universe, right? So it's like, well, of course there are eight thousand storytelling choices you can make. It,
1: it came out of nowhere, right? So it could, you know, go away. Well, out that's of but
0: I, but it, it kind of didn't, though, in the sense that you know, Bendis works pretty hard, successfully or not, to make Scarlet Witch uniquely powerful. Mm. You know, like there is a sense yeah. through Avengers Disassembled and then House of M that Scarlet Witch is operating on a level that others cannot untangle. Doctor Strange cannot answer it. Professor X cannot answer it, right? So I think the sense that she would have done something that cannot be undone quickly, like, is kind of there by the nature of the efforts Bendis made in this era, as opposed to, like, if you just think about where the character has been historically, that doesn't feel true. But I think that's
2: still... I think to me, that's the problem with... uh, the characterization of Scarlet Witch in uh, Avengers Assembled and then House of M which is that like to me there's not an intriguing mystery or like weird thing there with her powers it's just like it feels easy right Mm, it feels mm -hmm. like just um, writer machinations like she needs to be this powerful for the plot to happen uh, rather than okay that's an interesting character and like there's something Weird or interesting here, like intriguing. Like I'm not intrigued by the sky reaches power. I'm just like, yeah, let's. H- we're just hitting the button, right? Um, and I think if I had a clearer understanding of what makes this so special, if I felt that more, uh, I think that would help this mission have more weight. Whereas here, like, wonder just disappeared. We don't know where she is, I think, from what I... Like, no, at least none of the characters uh, know where she is. I don't know if we know more about that. Yeah. Until, like, that New Avengers issue, which did nothing to help. <laughs> but we'll talk yeah. about it later. Right. Uh, but, like, yeah. the fact that we don't know what's going on with Wanda and we don't quite know, like, enough about her, pa- her powers and stuff doesn't feel like a, a satisfying, weighty thing. It just feels, like, kind of frustrating. Uh, like, it doesn't feel like an interesting mystery because, like, there's no mystery to what's happening to Wanda. Just well, she's not there, and we'll bring her when when we need her, uh, which is a bit disappointing to me. Yeah. Um, as to decimation itself as an idea, um, I think I think it depends on what you're doing with with X-Men. I think some writer want to do X-Men as like really treating the mutant metaphor and trying to do stuff about uh, X-Men as like political social metaphor. Whether that works or not, like. That's something right to try. And I think there are some who just like want to tell fun sci-fi or like superhero stories. Um, And I think, for example, like uh, Deadly Genesis, which is one of the two X-Men things we read for this, is more that. I don't think there's much to like like, mutant metaphor and social issue in that. I think it's just like superhero stuff. Um, And I think it's successful at at that. But I think Decimation is an interesting thing for like, I don't know, it's an interesting thing for the mutant metaphor because it plays, I think the whole thing you're saying with like, are mutants only interesting if they're losing? I think is, the problem with that is assuming like, mutants is like, one, uh, kind of like, um, one thing, right? One monolith. um, And you can say like, mutants are losing or they're winning. It feels like, That's a thing. You can have an easier handle on what mutants are and mutants community as, like, a simpler thing if there are less mutants. If mutants are, as they've been, like, throughout Grant Morrison and stuff, uh, like, a tenth of the human population, something like that, like, that's something you have to reckon with and in more than just X-Men comics. Like, that's a big thing for the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's something you necessarily feel uh, reading other comics. I don't think, like when you're reading a, a sp- random Spider-Man comic, like, it doesn't feel like 10% of the people you're seeing are mutants. It feels like if if you're, if you're following the truth about mutants in X-Men comics, it feels like the the Marvel Universe should be different, and that should be more of a central dynamic in the Marvel Universe. So it feels like decimation is a good way to keep that more contained to, to X-Men comics specifically, and it feels like something that's, like, I don't know, easier to treat as a... Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's... uh...
0: Well, there's a segmentation, I think, that you're describing, right? There is an X-Men universe, and there's a Marvel universe. Yeah. And X-Men is often separate in a lot of ways, you know, but also a part of it. And this is a struggle, I think, that Marvel faces all through the 2000s. I mean, ironically, or maybe ironically is the wrong word, but, like, actually, like, the Onslaught Saga is kind of the like the most seamless integration of these <laughs> of these two things because yeah. X-Men are so popular at that point and kind of so wholly the center of Marvel that when the Onslaught saga happens, it feels like, oh, this is a Marvel Universe problem, right? Like this yeah. is a Marvel event, but it's X-Men-centric. And yeah. in the 2000s, that kind of... That gets really shuttered aside, like what, like, and even you know within Morrison's uh, New X Men, right? Like when, yeah. when Magneto decimates New York City, that is an X Men story. It is separate from the Marvel Universe, and it shouldn't be, <laughs> right? So that should have been, you know, and, and I think you know this is an age old problem, right? This is the I'm playing Spider Man Two, and Venom has taken over New York City, and where are the events? Whoa, things? what
1: spoilers? Um, I haven't even played that game.
0: Is that true? Did he really? No. Uh, Venom is in that game. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, like, and that's it's an that's an easy suspension of disbelief thing. Uh, but I think with uh, part of the challenge that I have with decimation is like it goes so far. You know, like it's not it's not just that like Wanda wipes out mutants. It's that she makes them an endangered species um, to the point that there are so few of them. You know. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's really extensive. <laughs> it's a challenging yeah. thing to set up. Zach, I do just want to say too, like you were talking about. I think the the sort of cultural relations between you know former mutants and mutants would be interesting. You should check out the Peter David X Factor. Uh, it is. In, mm-hmm. It was in the original bonus round for the My Marvelous Year list. It is not currently on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, it is. Oh no, that's not true. X-Factor that's not true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think. Nope, is. there is an episode. Never mind, I missed it. Cool. Uh, so that's coming. I think that does the most with uh, Mutant Town which is going to be, you know, looking at like the actual kind of inner working because the X-Men books don't really. Um, they, they look at it from the X-Men vantage point of how do we fix this? How do we undo? And then kind of this, the relations between the X-Men and this new government. So in the, in the wake of House of M, a government agency one the Office of National Emergency. They have human man sentinels that they are now sending to like monitor mutant problems. And they're not quote unquote hunting mutants. They are monitoring mutants because they are now endangered, right? Um, And, you know, I think one thing, we didn't read it, but if you do the decimation reading order, there's a House of M decimation the day after one shot. It's written by Chris Claremont. And it just kind of goes through like all the beats of all the books that are going to be in the kind of this decimation era. Um, There's some grossness to mutants losing their powers. You know that we don't touch on i think that stuff is like it's at least unique um in terms of like yeah. the, uh, sort of a global impact of all mutants at once losing their abilities you know uh, so let, let's talk about the actual books that we we dug into i here mean today. i just
2: wanted to say like it's at least it's uh, an interesting twist to the place of mutants uh, in the Marvel universe in a way that we haven't seen before right like it feels like a, I don't. It feels like a Krakoa level uh, change in dynamics between mutants and the rest of the world, and I feel like that doesn't happen many times in the Marvel universe. So it feels like, it feels like it should have big repercussions in that sense, and feel like it f- should be felt throughout in that sense. And I feel like, and part of it is like we only read two series of this mission so far, so it's hard to know really how much it matters and it's felt throughout the line uh but i don't think it's felt in these comics specifically as much as it feels like it should or it deserves to <clears throat> i uh S-
1: son of m it's the first one we read and starting it out being like okay it's going to be dealing with quicksilver of all people losing his powers i was like all right well this doesn't sound that interesting to me quicksilver <laughs> comic I really like House of M. Or Son of M is a follow-up to House of M. Yeah. I actually think, like, this comic really established this status quo as something that, like, has some interest for me. Um, You know, like, I think... Well, actually, first thing. The very first thing I need to point out. How fast would you have said Quicksilver is? <laughs> before yeah. Before reading this comic. Doesn't, uh, doesn't this
0: put an actual miles per hour to it?
1: It puts it to him, and it's so... It's, like... You know, it's literally like it's what a decent car can do, <laughs> like <laughs> zero to sixty in seven seconds, which is like yeah, it's pretty, it's a pretty fast car, it's a pretty fast car, top speed of almost two hundred and twenty miles per hour. <laughs> I would have
0: said faster. Um, yeah, I would have yeah. too. I,
1: I, doesn't he stop bullets I, sometimes? Like <laughs> zero. Yeah, I know to he's s- not
2: quite six. the flash, but like he, he yeah, should be faster. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Like. It only takes me seven seconds to get up as fast as like like some cars will like a Tesla will beat him. <laughs> well, I feel like that's <laughs> really <laughs> funny.
2: Yeah, I don't feel like that tracks, and I don't think that's like no, that. No. Be- I don't think that becomes like a Marvel Universe truth because I don't think like if you compare to st- to stuff that has happened in ca- happened yeah, in comics, no, of I feel like that of that doesn't track. I uh, do kind of like the Star idea of Quicksilver
0: number. being like like normal speedster fast. You know, like like tangent, like understandable, fast, right? Like you can put yeah. him in in a race with a car, and it's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of prefer that to like you know like yeah, yeah the Flash, where it's like yeah, I can run through walls and through time, like because mm. that's like you know incomprehensible. Yeah. Um, I can, yeah. There's a tactile nature to that that I actually kind of like. I'm with you, Zach, though. On this book is so much better than I remember it being. Mm. It's so much mm-hmm. more interesting than I. I feel like it has any right to be, <laughs> frankly, yeah, totally, um, totally. because you know we talked about the end of House of M. Like, it doesn't. You know, the twist is it wasn't Magneto's plot to get everything he ever wanted to use, wanted to do that. It was kind of Pietro. Not kind of. It was Pietro nudging Wanda in that direction, yeah. right? So it's Wanda's powers, but it's Pietro. It's Quicksilver is the one who's kind of quote unquote masterminding it, and Son of M leans into Pietro's supervillain arc. You know. Um, mm-hmm. which I do think works. I actually mm-hmm. think it, it actually, like, it makes House of M better retroactively, which is a really uh, a difficult thing to achieve, you know, in yeah. terms of building. And it also, like, it leans into some of, like, the most pressing follow-ups, which is, okay, Quicksilver made this happen. Those who remember what happened in House of M should hold him accountable. And you get that first issue of Spider-Man actually dealing with what for him is, like, a nauseating, unimaginable loss. <laughs> right? And finally, I feel like we
1: actually dealt with that because that was one of my yeah. complaints. This House of M is Spider-Man being like, "Yeah, we have to start stop Scarlet Witch so that my family can get evaporated." <laughs> you know, like him just being on board, right? Uh, and you know, not not really feeling this. Yeah, I feel like this actually, you know, is in response to that. Like we have to actually make someone has to have one scene at least of Spider-Man being like, "I can't cope." <laughs>
0: Like, yeah no it's uh, a strange
1: and, and he actually goes through what scarlet witch does it's really funny it's the identical thing that scarlet witch does that sends her over the edge which is i had imaginary children and then they were taken away from me uh
0: oh i never made that parallel oh yeah, that's yeah interesting that's connection
1: interesting. um yeah yeah but peter parker he's, you know what that's all the tough.
0: ammunition you need as a wanda fan <laughs> to to point out the inherent <laughs> bias in marvel comics isn't it Oh, you know, I thought it, I thought it really damned Wanda because it was just like, look how weak willed she is compared to Spider Man. Right, right. Yeah, Classic weak willed Wanda. No, mm-hmm. I mean it's like Peter went through the exact same thing, but he's okay. Yeah, no, totally. But it, Son of M does at least deal with it, um, and then it goes on for Quicksilver to be like, you know, uh, to do increasingly kind of bad things, <laughs> in in to try to get his mutant abilities back, namely. By calling on his former marriage with Crystal of the Inhumans, and uh, and their daughter Luna, who we never talk about, but who gets prime prime role here
3: mm-hmm. in
0: Son of M, and uh, and Pietro raids the Terrigen Mist to try to get his mutant abilities back. In the process, he becomes like basically like a druggy kind of addict, and gets he quote he kind of gets his speed back, but he also he gets it back so hard then now he has, like, weird time travel abilities. Um, and he always looks gaunt and uh, haggard and just increasingly villainous as this thing progresses. It's not, like, going to go down as, you know, oh, one of the best Marvel comics. It's a really great event follow-up. Yeah, very think. solid. Yeah, I, it's I, a good tie-in. Oh, Charlotte, please go on.
2: It's a good, like, it feels like a good tie-in um, series to an event in a way that we haven't seen before, in a way that is like, oh, here's an aspect of this that we don't get the time to explore in the main series, which is, like... Quicksilver's descent into villainhood. Villainhood. Does that make sense? Uh, mm-hmm. Villainy. Um, and uh, like that's this the series. I think it's is successful at selling that at exploring the aftermath and the consequence of the main events. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a cool idea. Um, I think the mutant side of this is pretty interesting. I think the the impact of what some mutants are willing to do to get their powers back, and but then like. The how hard that is and the consequence of that I think are pretty inter- are pretty interesting. The inhuman side, uh, <laughs> the inhuman, the inhumans are pretty unlucky um, throughout Marvel comics. I think that's a that's a general truth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like the inhuman politics stuff that's going on in this. Is like I couldn't care less, and I don't think it makes. Oh, I sense really, or is particularly interesting.
1: Oh, I really liked it. I think it. I think it kind yeah. of. It's one of the things I really liked about this comic is that I think it didn't it didn't feel like being like. Like, it was running in place, just being, like, I'm not going to actually, like, make some moves during just, like, a tie-in to House of M. It felt like it was actually, like, all right, I'm going to push the Inhumans forward, I'm going to do something with them, I'm going to, like... It, I, I think this comic, I think, could have been really easily a story that left the same exact place where it started, you know? Yeah, uh, And it really dived in on, like, a lot of specific stuff. Like, it really got into details about... Quicksilver and the Inhumans and Luna, like, it built a bunch of relationships. It built a bunch of new information about the Inhumans. I really liked the aspect of, um, you know, there's this one Inhuman, <clears throat> I can't remember his name, but he, like, basically assists Quicksilver in stealing the, like, the crystals that create the Terrigen mists, which is going to, like, mean that the Terrigen mists don't work for decades or something. And he gets found out, and Black Bolt is questioning him, and he's like, we've gotten... You know, like, we've ceased to evolve, we've gotten weak, uh, and you need to be, like, you know, pushing us forward through adversity. And so I made us, like, I put us in a situation where we have to fight again. Yeah. Um, Which which is, you know, the core of our society. It makes us better by, like, fighting, and if we're, like, soft and weak and safe, then we're not going to evolve anymore and become stagnant. Like, and that's just, like, a little side part. I think Pietro losing his abilities and not being able to cope is really good. And then like, i mean as we, as the world's yeah, biggest
0: lee jenkins in humans heads on the yeah. planet yeah. Um, i we like we like in human politics <laughs> you know i think <laughs> i think enough. we're on record as in this house we stand in this house we
2: stand in human politics mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> i mean truly though i actually i, I think cuz otherwise what happens is they are just reduced to a cool dog and a powerful oh, yeah. guy who won't talk. <laughs> Great dog. Like cameos in things. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. think the thing that makes the Inhumans interesting separate from mutants is they are like an actual society, you know? And I think like mutants at this point in time are not a community, right? They are a yeah. scattered, you know, sect of of the Marvel universe, but there's not overlying rule, there's not government. There's not... I mean, I guess there there should be mutant politics, but, like, what are they? Who's driving them? Mm. You know? Um, and I think within humans, it's like, you kind of get that <laughs> because they are this nation unto themselves. They, they are closer to Wakanda in that regard. Um, so, yes, I do like that stuff. And I think, you know, to your point, Zach, about, like, it so easily could have just been the Quicksilver thing and kind of finishing where it started. And it's actually build it like like i don't know that it all works but like it is building to a thing like it is building to not just be a house of m follow-up where we deal with quicksilver's villainy which i think it does very successfully but it's using that as a jumping off point to set the stage for an inhumans earth war Mm -hmm. that like it it takes you by surprise i think because it's or it takes me by surprise because it's like it's not that's not what this comic is Yeah. Right. Until suddenly it gets there, you know, because you think it's just like Pietro steals the church Mist. It's the hallowed ground of the inhumans. You think it's going to be the inhumans just being like F Pietro and they're hunting him. But it's like his actions then actually lead the inhumans to, you know, invade territories and be hunted by the military and for Black Bolt to have to fight them back. And like all of a sudden now Pietro's selfishness (laughs) is driving like like massive uh, conflict. On a on a political scale on Earth, it's kind of (laughs) cool. I don't. This this book didn't need to be that. Um, And I I actually well, it did need to
1: if you wanted it to be interesting and read. I mean, this is the thing. Well, yeah, sure. In any miniseries, I mean, the the biggest complaint that I have about most miniseries is it feels like the uh, the the writers are like kind of afraid to to like hone in on something too specific. Feels like they they kind of want to like you know don't want to leave a mark it's not even about like making big story changes necessarily to me it's just about like making character decisions where it's like yeah i kind of feel like pietro is a specific guy here right like he's not kind of just a stand-in for like a mutant who lost his powers like and he's not just here because he's the villain of house of m because i actually think that's not talked about like i had forgotten that until like three or four issues into this and then i was like oh yeah that's right he was the one who pushed all this um it's just that he has like a specific personality here right like him seeing what he's doing and like making choices step by step to like to the point where he kills an inhuman but you actually kind of see the like gradual process from him going to like begging and being desperate to then being okay with murdering one to then justifying it and giving the um the Terrigen crystals to the other mutants and then like doubling down on that and doubling down on that and now he's on the run with the crystal's like i think it's a really nice gradual like arc um with him while also being like there's a bunch of relationships at play i feel like i got understood him and crystal a little bit more uh at least you know their place now anyway yeah cool comic uh david hein wrote this i don't know him i know i just looked it up bulletproof coffin is a comic you recommend dave um yeah heinz kind of
0: miscast in the marvel universe um i think Hine is incredibly thoughtful Interesting writer who is it works well I think when it works like Son of M and then you know the next thing we're gonna to get to is Silent War, which comes next year, um, and they're a good fit for what they're trying to do. It's it doesn't it's miscast in the sense that like it doesn't feel like other superhero comics, which you know sometimes is nice, right? It's a nice little breath of fresh air. Um, I love Hine's work with Shaky Kane on Bulletproof Coffin. If you like um, kind of different slants on superhero comics and comics within comics. Well, we're are some of my favorite comics straight up of all time. So I do recommend those, but yeah, I mean, you're not going to see a boatload of David Hines stuff yeah. beyond this era. I don't think so. In if you're the, enjoying uh, it, you know, we're going to pencils,
1: pencils are really good too. Roy Allen Martinez does the, uh, the penciling here.
0: Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, I think cool. the art of this era can really great um, me. I, I think there's a lot of like, we're like in like a post- like mark silvestri jim lee wannabe digital painting not quite figured out era a lot of a lot of rotoscoping
1: for sure well
0: and there's also like there's not like david finch steps in is like the guy on avengers and you have obviously we're the brian hitch era now as well Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like if you're looking at marvel in 2005 six and you're like who are their go-to superstars they're kind of building that back up they don't really have it yet um You know, I think Steve Epting, probably on Captain America, obviously got him to leave on Daredevil. It's not like there aren't great artists working right now. Um, But there are a lot of books where I'm just like, it kind of grates on me. Um, But I I do like the style here of Martinez. It's it's kind of Manhattan
1: Projects, Uh, Nick Patara. Yeah, you got
0: a little that that Patara, a little that quietly, you know, kind uh, kind of just making people look...
2: Yeah, it felt like a more Odd. realistic Quietly. Like, Quietly yeah, was the sure. one that, that, that kept going to my mind. Which works for so for is. the
0: uh, um, kind of, like, time-traveled-out Quicksilver, right? Like, he's supposed yeah. to mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. Yeah. kind of gaunt and, and you know, scary in some ways. Um, all right, Charlotte, any, any final Son of M thoughts?
2: No, yeah, interesting interesting tie-in that's, like, it's rare for a tie-in to, to stick in my mind, and I think this one, mm-hmm. and it's not, like, quite a tie-in, it's a, like, Aftermath uh, decimation book. Um, but I think it's like, 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 we said, it's, it feels like those kind of series often lack ambition. And I think that's like something that's very present in this and it's willing to, to shake the status quo and shake the status quo of Quicksilver, um, which like, isn't the character we particularly like care about, uh, care about, I don't think. Um, but I, like, nope. uh, I don't know. Marvel is precious about the their little, little darlings. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's awesome. a rip. <laughs> I mean, the the little darling. Is that wrong?
1: No, no. It's just that was a funny way of putting it.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It no, it, 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 dismissive it's of poor Pietro. I,
1: I, I agree. I mean, th- the fact of, that I like know, this is remarkable, considering it's a Quicksilver yeah.
0: comic. Well, and I think that's why I think that's why we like it in part is like, yeah, uh, shake up Quicksilver, please. Yeah, yeah, shake him yeah, up true. as much as you want. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very game for that. Um, speaking of things that everyone wants shaken up. Let's talk about Deadly Genesis and Giant Size X Men Number One, 1975, <laughs> one of the, the most famous X Men comic of all time. This is X Men Deadly, Deadly Genesis, written by Ed Brubaker, friend of Comico Herald, um, personal friend Ed Brubaker, oh, and okay. Trevor <laughs> Hairsign does art. We have Pete Woods on some backups. Sylvester doing this. cool. Sylvester, I want to point out the covers, covers are so good that I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh man, I th- I undervalued Sylvester. <laughs> like, bring, <laughs> like bring that man back. Like, those are those are really good. Um, he's yeah. good on uh, uh, the final new X Men arc with Morrison too, unsurprisingly. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah. So this is Deadly Genesis. This is like Exhibit A when I'm talking uh, revision- revisionist history Marvel mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about that era. You know of. Let's dredge up the past. Let's find the seams in continuity and let's darken it yeah. a bit. I think I have a lot of thoughts on Deadly Genesis, many of which I've shared on Comic Book Herald Enterprises. Um, but the main thing I'll say to lead is I like the big picture uh, idea of what this comic is. I don't think the execution makes it a very good story. Um, I don't think these six issues are are real good X Men comics. Honestly, I think Brubaker. You know, we talk about miscasting. I love Ed Brubaker stuff. Never hits X Men in a way that I'm really into. Um, never excels at X Men. I would say, and there's a lot of reasons that can happen. I think, uh, but you know, it's it's the two thousands are interesting. I think because you have some real big names. Try X Men stuff. Ed Brubaker, Matt Fraction, eventually, uh, and I think to middling effect. And it kind of, it kind of raises this question of like, you know, what, how much space do creators need to be granted for X Men to be successful? But all of that is bigger picture. All of that is a question. Uh, Charlotte, let's start with you. What do you think of X Men: Deadly Genesis?
2: I, I'm surprised. I, I, I really like this. Uh, I think it's like, like I said earlier, I think it's very much like just x-men sci-fi superhero shenanigans um like there's not much like social uh social or political stuff uh, in in line with like mere metaphor stuff uh in this it's very much like just x-men continuity stuff but like not in a way that i often find kind of boring and up up its own a um i think it's I don't know. I think the mys- semi mystery and like central story of this is sold pretty well. The like the the mysterious apparitions are in the in the mentions of like characters seeing stuff from the past, but also from the past of the mansion and from stuff they they didn't know before is pretty interesting. Um, I think. I don't know. I feel like these kinds of um, retcons can feel pretty awkward and like. Very, I mean, you see the machinery uh, oftentimes. I feel like this is pretty successful as at hiding the mach- the machinery behind an, an interesting story. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I really like I like the the one off uh little like backstory stories that you see of the separate like mutants uh, that are involved in the plot in the past. I like each issue ends with uh, an individu- individual individual mutants story like that we don't know of before and then ends with them meeting a mysterious like maybe mutant teacher or something that we seems like maybe Professor Xavier or someone else and we, we realize it's, it's Moira um I think like I, I don't know I I pre I kind of like this I think I think it feels more uh, like an expansion of the x-men universe than uh, a retcon series which I think is mm. success um, and yeah, I don't know. the the central central story works for me, and I think the I don't know. I think there's two things going on here. I think one is th- the secret history of the X Men and adding uh, a few new characters to to that world, and then the the damnation of Professor Xavier. But even that, like, I don't. I, I think the comic feels like it thinks it's a new thing, and I don't. Maybe it's just like because of my prior opinion of Professor Xavier from like latest stuff it doesn't feel like it's a new thing it's like yeah we're, we're damning for Xavier that's not, that's not I don't think thing.
1: we've ever seen anything that he's done like this bad you know like yeah, not i feel this like well, it's bad. been tiptoeing around i think this is like yeah. the r- first thing where we're really like oh he did something extremely like yeah. unethical yeah. <laughs> you know like um
2: yeah i don't know i think it's i think it sells it pretty well
0: cuz even uh, even when he gets taken over his onslaught there's that sort of like, oh, you were possessed. It wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out, yeah. you know, of that, which is like, because he's been he's been a literal supervillain multiple times, <laughs> where like he loses himself, and but that's all. In of, the
2: sixties, like that issue where it's like his shadow self, yeah, like, yeah. shadow self goes after the X Men.
0: Right. No, like he's haunted them before, but that's all. Like your powers got out of control, which I feel like mutants are kind of like understanding of you know whereas this is you made choices when you were supposed to be when we trusted you when you were yourself um i think zach's right i think it's the most damning although certainly it's in the water i mean whedon and Cassidy do a very similar thing in the danger arc of astonishing x-men where professor x knowingly you know um traps a sentient alien shiar technology uh which is pretty pretty reprehensible as well i mean Kate pride says professor is a jerk in you know 1985 1986 like it's not a secret um but but that's not for like mind wiping uh
1: relatives out of each other like <laughs> exactly right. or like getting a bunch of kids killed uh, yeah yeah like this, it, is, it's, it's hubris. this is this
0: right. is definitely yeah it's definitely cementing uh, a darkness that was not textual yeah i think in a lot of ways jack what do you think
1: i i think i really like all the um the, the retcon stuff, you know, or the not retcon, you know, just the kind of like revisiting and, you know, fleshing out like a previous event with more uh more detail and more, you know, kind of, I guess, like a darker modern view. And we've had a, a couple looks at this lately. Like we just talked about that with Bucky, like rewriting the 40s Captain America comics. I think this is like pretty successful not quite as successful as like sin's past for example um, <laughs> oh doing something like that do you actually uh, like sin's past more than this no serious question. no 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 definitely not um, yeah. no this is I well hmm hmm i i think sin's past actually carries me along in the like momentum of the mystery a little i'm like a little more interested in like what's going on who are these people like the the dynamics at play there kind of grab me a little bit more uh yeah. but then the actual like rewrite i actually think all oh, this is really cool whereas the since past re- i'm not i don't actually like to think the gwen stacy stuff is like cool i'm not like oh hell yeah <laughs> her and norman like i I just don't think it's uh travesty i just uh but i don't i don't think it's like i mean especially the way spider-man goes you know when they undo it mostly i don't think it's that additive um this seems like it has tons of potential for being like very additive to a bunch of relationships and yeah. adding a new character that might, the, the downside of this. And I think you're kind of talking about this, Dave, I think it comes across as a little schematic um, in how it reveals this. It feels a little artificial and it's pacing. Like it does pace out the, the mystery somewhat well, but that's because the villain spends a lot of time being like, Ho oh, oh, ho, oh, don't you wish you knew who I was? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, conveniently at the end of the issue, for no real reason, is like, it's finally time to reveal who I am, brother. And it's like, oh, okay, what what changed? Like, that kind of, the the actual, like, structuring of the plot and character motivations, like, in the exact moment, I think, to reveal this mystery feel kind of flimsy. Um, or at least, I... like, o- obvious. Like, I, I just wasn't, you know, I was like, okay, the, the villains just doing stuff and I'm not intrigued by what he's doing. You know, I'm intrigued about who he is and his backstory because that turns out to be really cool. But like in the moment, I'm not grabbed by like Vulcan, you know, what doing whatever he's doing to Rachel,
0: you know, and I'm not like,
1: who is this guy? What's going on? When you find out, you're like, Oh, that's cool. But in the moment that stuff doesn't grab me.
0: Yeah. I Um, think all the answers work really well. And mm -hmm. I, I like the point you made Charlotte, you know, about it's a continuity retcon, but it's also additive. And that's a yeah. that's a tightrope act to walk that is really hard, you know. Um, and Brubaker nails that, I think, in in pretty much every way. But yeah, Zach, I mean that that's exactly it. I think Vulcan as a villain, the mystery's intriguing, but you also just have this super powered mustachio twirling individual yeah. with these really hollowed out sort of at least until the like the motivations there by the end, right? Um, but just kind of the the actions and just kind of the decisions are all strange and not really poor, uh, not really executed um, with, in a lot of detail. Like for example, like him killing Banshee um, is a big moment in in the second or third arc. Banshee. So everyone in the beginning is they're seeing like ghosts of the past, which I'm still like. Honestly, I, I didn't reread this closely. How, how, how are they seeing ghosts? I, I don't know. Where, where I, just that that I just read Darwin. it yesterday, so and I was, Darwin
2: is Darwin's trying to remind them somehow surviving in uh, Vulcan's body, like that he adapted to being part of his consciousness to survive. Yeah, and I think he's using Vulcan's powers to to do that uh, in some way. I don't exactly remember how. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, that'd be a yeah. good example
0: of something that is <laughs> not not explained yeah. super well. Although Darwin is always MVP. Yeah, Darwin um, is
2: basically like, if I need to do something, I can. So I can that, do anything, that yeah. That tracks to me. So, um, oh, Banshee sees... Wait, wait, sees... what?
0: I, I, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, please go on. Let us finish your point. I just got excited about something. <laughs> Banshee sees Ghost of Moira, and, uh, which I have the same experience yeah, yeah. just <laughs> every night. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so he sees Ghost of Moira. By the way, have you ever seen a more Buxom Moira than that hellfire, the, uh, the, the, scene, the hellfire Moira. Possible. I was good, yeah. Boob job Moira. <laughs> okay, what's <laughs> wow. the Moira? Um, so, uh, so Banshee's seeing scene Ghost her He finds these tapes of her, you know, confessing basically like Professor X's the most the most devious bastard in New York City. <laughs> right? I think as, <laughs> as Moira would say. Nice reference. Oh, that was Moira. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
0: so Banshee gets on a plane. He's like, I gotta tell the X-Men. Only way to do it is to fly to the X-Men not use one of the many advanced technologies of Zoom <laughs> that they have in 2005. But on the flight, there's another plane gonna pra- crash into a plane, which post nine eleven 11 landscape, too soon, Ed. Um, Banshee jumps out. He tries to sonic blast the plane. It doesn't work. He explodes. Banshee dies. When pressed as to why he had to kill Banshee, Vulcan says, "I was causing a scene. I needed to get Professor X's attention." That's Uh a really hollow explanation. Yeah. (laughs) To kill to kill like one of these OG, all new, all different X-Men. Um, I again the act. So let's let's just let's stop dancing around it. The actual. Wait wait can I can
1: I can I say the one thing structurally I really like about this comic? Yes, please. Yes. I really loved the the fact that it it had these B stories, which I initially was like, ugh, B stories.
0: <laughs> like, so I had the same reaction, and I know. <laughs> I should have known what they are. <laughs>
1: yeah, the B stories yeah. of, like, okay, I guess uh, Brubaker is just being like, I want to make some new mutants, because the first three of these, I think, three or four, it's just, like, you know, origin stories of new teen mutants finding their powers, and it's, like, some of them are cool. I actually kind of think he does a good job of, like, making them like seem like they're interesting characters, which I Mm -hmm. think is like key to the, you know, the rug pull later. The, the idea being that this is going to be the team that like comes together later. And then the last like little B story character introduction we get is the villains. I think that's a really good, like smart structure that like turns into something you didn't think it was going to be initially. Initially it just feels like, Oh yeah. You know, we're, we're making more mutants, right? Like we, probably like depowered a bunch of mutants in house of m we want to you know flesh out the marvel world with a handful of new mutants we'll introduce them this way but no it's like all built into the same story i think that stuff is that's pretty effective yeah okay you were gonna for sure so so the
0: the mind. actual mystery of vulcan here this individual so he, he wakes up in a space station or he's he's in space rather and uh, wakes up with all this power and he's oh, furious and furious. why
1: he's in space the the, the well that reveal... is explained yeah the reveal of it is actually great i yeah because i initially was like oh, i don't get it how did he get
0: here and then yeah went, yeah
1: yeah yeah please go on
0: so uh so vulcan you know so he seeks out he wants vengeance on the x-men but particularly professor x and what is ultimately well a few things were revealed um a couple big th- teases so he, he refers to scott as brother so there's that tease initially and then finally he's like we need professor x professor x shows up he walks up to vulcan and scott in some like european town i wasn't paying attention to the specifics um professor x is so one of the mysteries of post house of m where's professor x uh he's fine he's walking he lost his mutant ability he tells everyone okay so that's he's, walking,
1: sorry, he's walking and someone's like professor x like your feet and he's like i I love how hand wavy it is yeah yeah because he's just like well when wanda erased the powers everyone's powers mine. Legs. It appears my legs have seemed to... And then, like, mid-sentence, someone's like, Shut up! <laughs> and that's all we get about it. <laughs> like, just him, like, being like, It appears my legs have res- yeah, yeah. restored to... Sh- I shut I
0: mean, up Professor X is, is walking in comics as often as he's not, honestly, yeah, at this point. It's, yeah. um, so it's it kind of just, like, they come and go. Um, Which, like, why? Like, just, like, why? Here. Yeah, at know? this point, it's kind of, like,
1: just... <laughs> Pick one and stick to it. (laughs) It's not that much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: uh, So Professor X shows up and Vulcan reveals that he and his crew of those mutants that have been introduced in the backups were actually the team that was sent to Krakoa to save the original X-Men before Professor X recruited all the mutants that we see in Giant Size X-Men number one. Right. Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Banshee, um, uh, John Proudstar, Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Right, That there actually there was a team that was sent in first. And I said, well, okay, what happened to them? Uh, the mission went horribly. The mission went horribly awry. You have Petra, Sway, Vulcan, Darwin. One I'm forgetting, I imagine. <laughs> uh, um, oh, and Cyclops. Because Cyclops is with... His... Well, Cyclops gets rescued. That's the point.
1: It's like. Oh, he's rescued. In, in the remember, original so comic, it's like Krakoa let one mutant go to like, lure them is. all back in. And it's like, no, uh, this team freed him. This um, team
0: frees Psyche, but in the uh, process, Krakoa just wipes them out. The island I, walks like a man. I do with wish. With the exception of yeah. Vulcan and Darwin, yeah. who are sent into the crust of Krakoa, which... By, by late, Petra. I by think. Petra is her, yeah. her dying save to try to keep them alive. Darwin's immutant ability is just to like evolve, to adapt to any situation so he can keep the two of them alive. Vulcan is just he's an omega-level mutant with incredible powers, uh, BTW's third summer's brother. And so then later, when the all-new team comes, including Jean Grey, or when Jean Grey is freed and hurls Krakoa into space, that chunk of rock of Krakoa is in space now with Vulcan inside it. <laughs> so yeah, that is how yeah, we get really good Vulcan in space. Like, all of it actually works, like, really seamlessly. It all, and like, I'm... locks together nicely, yeah. It does. It kind of all just fits. And the, the things about, like, well, Krakoa spoke to me. Or Krakoa, you know, told Cyclops this. Professor X is like, nah, brah. Like I, I just, <laughs> I just put that in your head. And the funniest bit to me is he's like, here's what he actually sounds like. <laughs> 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 it's
2: like, that, yeah. who, who's that for? Yeah, um, that, that, and I for me, for fun. me specifically, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I
0: agree uh, so yeah. that, and then, and then on top of all that, on top of all that madness, uh, Cyclops remembers. That his brother, that he just met, rescued him, and then was promptly killed with this team of X-Men. And, uh, and Professor X, rather than leave him with that knowledge and the trauma of that, wipes his memory of the entire mm-hmm. affair and of Gabe Summers, his, his second brother, but the third Summers brother. Mm-hmm. right? Who, who so the did? crimes of Professor X are sending mutant children to their deaths then covering it up by wiping everyone's memory who had any knowledge
1: of that yeah um i do wish the uh the actual like massacre of the team had been a little more brutal to be honest there's something yeah. about like the build-up to this and then it's just, krakow like, breathes fire weirdly and it's just like a bunch of figures like engulfed in fire and it doesn't i kind of think it could have done a uh you know multiverse of madness style like you know watch these teens all get torn (laughs) apart um to really like solidify professor x's like culpability in uh like sending them to all like a violent death like Um, how
0: how not ready they were too
1: yeah we get one shot of like one of them the the one who shifts time um getting like blasted in half but yeah anyway uh yeah all that stuff is good i think you know what actually i read this comic years ago um as part of some X Men reading order that I'd found online. It, you know my mistake for not going to Comic Book Herald. I went to some lesser comic book reading thing, and it was like read X Men number one, and then read it like start. It starts you with this oh, one. did it do it so? If you do the like chronological chronology of this yeah,
0: team, right, yeah. yeah, that's an insane way to read the story. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it was like it that. It's like X Men
1: X Men Year One, right, or whatever that one. Oh is. my
0: gosh, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: so I had read this in the past. Um, but generally mostly...
0: speaking, yeah, release order trumps um, like chronological like, like, like inserting chronology. retroactive yeah. yeah chronology. Like oh, even totally. like totally that's a crazy even like Claremont's, you know, retroactive classic X Men, you can read those alongside the Claremont read, I think. Um but they're kinda cool to go back when you know yeah. it all and I you kn- and you yeah. have the the info, I think. I agree. Um, yeah. I don't know, that's just like that's the they were written with the the assumption or the hope that readers would also have that context.
1: You get like Mr. Sinister showing up on like Claremont's sixth issue in like nineteen seventy six or something, right? And it's like if Mr. you do the classic X-Men. If you just yeah. started with classic Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. If you read the Classic X Men, there's like hints of Mr. Sinister way or like literally like thirteen years before he premieres in the comics uh-huh. something like that. Uh huh. And so I, like, I think
0: something like that is cooler to know. Oh, he At, was there the whole the time yeah, after yeah, yeah. the fact,
1: I think. Yep. I agree. Yeah. yeah. The the chronological reading stuff I is always kinda odd to me. Because it's like all this is built in to be like you're a fan who knows the history of these characters and now like the fun is in the retcon. It is not just the fun is in like the straight telling of it, you know what I mean? Like um like there is yeah. a enjoyment in like having things reshuffled, um that you are missing out on. If you're just like, I read giant size X-Men and then I immediately read this, (laughs) right? Right. The the intervening years and the history of this event being built up in your mind.
0: um, Well, it's like, if you wanted to, certainly this comic is playing the game where it's like, if you want to go reread giant size X-Men number one and see how the pieces fit, we Mm -hmm. are encouraging you to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't have to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can rely on your memory, you know, that's, that's for the diehards. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think again, like I'm not, I'm actually, so like where I was talking about this, okay, this is exhibit a in revisionist history. I think it's a pretty good exhibit, right? At least as like ideas go and kind of, and I think Bucky is too, right? I think Brubaker is very good at yeah. this. Um, mm-hmm. at least as how to, how to do revisionist history without disturbing lots of things, you know, Um, How to do it in a way that is about what you can do after the fact as opposed to just revising the history. You know, I think Mm -hmm. is it like, like since past, you know, the one thing that even you admitted, Zach, was like, well, they don't go on to do anything with this.
3: Yeah. So the problem,
0: which is, which is a bad choice that they made in your view, right? But it's like they, they don't, the exercise is about changing the past. It's not about, adding to that past so that you can do cooler things in the future yeah. mm-hmm. um and i think brubaker does understand that because at the end of this too so the one of the wrinkles with gabe the third summer's brother is not only is it revealed he's I the third summer's brother
1: gabe from sin's past and i was like there are there are some cool wrinkles. remember well that's that
0: is one it. of the editorial mandates at this time is if you do a retcon you have to <laughs> you have to it. include a gabe <laughs> the gabe mandate <laughs> yeah yeah um well the Jim Shooter famously had the no Gabes mandate in the nineteen oh eighties. <laughs> so they so have updated it. One of your better jokes ever. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's really that good. Is. times. Um, <laughs> I've lost where I was going. Oh, Gabe yes. Summers, the third Summers brother. He's uh, he's an alien baby. He was born uh, yeah. he was born after the Summers' parents, Corsair and poor Mama Summers, were taken prisoner by De Ken and the Shiar. Um the mother was she's actually assaulted? Is that textual in this? No, I think
2: it was the, this, well, I mean she
1: was Or is she just pregnant. She just had a baby cut out of her. She was
0: murdered. She's assaulted and murdered yeah. for sure. Yeah. I just can't remember whose baby it is. Um no, it's, course it's it's Yeah. It's Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Okay. They okay. Were, so yeah. she's pregnant. The Ken steals the baby. And it then kills puts the it in a, a vat and to puts to grow it in real a quick. Yeah, puts it in a grown vat. <laughs> grow so quick. that's yeah. that's how Gabe is uh is so close in age to Alex, I guess.
1: Uh, which is honestly something I absolutely never would have considered. I don't understand why they thought like we would be like these two brothers are similar ages. What is that like?
0: Couldn't that one is see that one's? But well, it's funny because it's probably the least necessary as continuity. I can't imagine go, why. But they, it also sets up the most for what you can for where it's also because they're going.
1: They're all just roughly you know twenty-five to thirty-five, right? Like there's there's a good decade of <laughs> yeah, range yeah. that Cyclops could be. So, like, slot him in anywhere there. It doesn't matter. Like, that That was definitely, like, I feel like you were slightly trying to get ahead of, like, the nerds who were like, well, actually, the, you know, he couldn't have been that old or something. I don't know. I could uh-huh. wrap my head around why this felt necessary, but it's just a quick, it's like two panels.
0: As as always, I had forgotten Havoc was even there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is just yeah, well, so did everyone else, yeah state of reading when he's in the room. Uh, what are we missing, Charlotte? What what else was big? What else was important? Things you liked from Deadly Genesis?
2: Ooh, um, that panel of the dead baby, <laughs> uh, like full sh- when when he, they show the backstory of uh, of Vulcan, mm-hmm. like just a straight shadow of someone holding a baby by the foot, and like supposed to be a dead baby that's like that's pretty gruesome. it wasn't pretty yeah. damn grim it, yeah no he put it in the vat. it's fine yeah it's fine it's perfect okay, well, it's um fine. no i think good story i love the i i wish uh modern day 2023 krakow was as ugly as uh <laughs> as 70s to 2000s yeah. krakow yeah like the big ol big old eyes big ol big old mouth Love that. Love um, the island, walks like a man. <laughs> love that design. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty benchy Just like, I mean, as always, gets the the short end of the shit. Uh, short end of the what stick? Short end of the, the short expression. end of the shit. <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> <Yep. laughs> what the actual expression is. Um, like short end. No <laughs> fanfare to for for poor, poor, poor Sean Paul Cassidy. Uh, he just just. I mean, am I the only planes? one who
0: thought that death was like? Like it didn't hit at all. He also, it yeah.
2: didn't quite make sense because Be
1: I didn't quite understand what was happening. It was like um, he's on well, it's a. It's like plane he flies out there he's... to
0: stop the jet, and it's like it's like his powers just don't do anything.
1: Yeah, he he. The jet is coming towards him, and then there's just a panel of him going, "Uh <laughs> oh." oh. <laughs> it's like the jet yeah. is about to hit him, but like yeah, I don't know it's, why. It's, it's visually was confusing, but also it was like then viewed by Nightcrawler and Logan were on the ground yeah. viewing the explosion in the sky, and then I was like, "Well,
0: then who was flying the blackbird?
1: Because they were just the ones flying the blackbird." Is the so blackbird is...
0: really there, or is Vulcan manifesting a well,
1: fake Well, they blackbird. were. I mean, Logan and it Nightcrawler were just flying stolen. the blackbird. Blackbird
2: gets stolen. So, yeah. It yeah okay. Does it?
1: It's it's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So, who cares? Um, yeah.
2: This, <laughs> honestly, no. Uh, one thing: since when is the Hellfire Club a strip club? And since when? What? Wh- where did that come from? That's like. That was a weird continuation. Right
0: really cool. I've never seen Emma pole dancing in the Hellfire Club before. Yeah, that was this. weird. Um, I think the Hellfire Club is kind of just whatever you want it to be sexually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that actually did. It's weird how like like that feels like it diminishes the Hellfire Club. It's like no, it's weirder and creepier yeah. than that.
2: <laughs> yeah, know? it feels it feels like I don't know. It feels f- funnier, like more fun if. It's like, no, it's an actual, like, very, like, high-end, like, uh, club for, for rich people, uh, weird rich people, where, like, yeah. the king stuff is very underlined, right? Rather than it being just straight up a strip club. Like, that's that feels, I don't know, <laughs> it feels more, no, maybe a, not nasty, but it feels easier. I didn't there. have any
1: problem with it, because I'm sex positive, but, you know, it's just... <laughs> That's just, that's just who you so are so I am yeah. so
2: am I so I think uh, Emma should be able to wear any clothes <laughs> she she wants to even outside of a strip club uh, context I don't know it just feels I, I don't know like Emma's Emma's backstory is very weird because it's like there's the brand K is it Brian Kavon K- like the the teen Emma miniseries I think it's no it's not, K- not BKV it's not it's BKV not. I don't know who it is
0: those are different different uh, characters I can't think of it right now with the like Greg Horn the, covers yeah I know what you're
2: talking about yeah that was a weird series, but then, like, I, I always thought, like, she joined the Hellfire Club, like, as the White Queen, right? Or, like, as a similar level of thing. No, she joined no, it there's, as there, a
1: stripper? There's all Claremont stuff that she comes in as, like, I don't know, yeah, on a
0: subservient level. She uh, does, yeah. like, and she comes in subservient to, like, Shaw, to for yeah. example, and then, like, like she's not always in control, right? She's, like, yeah. like the rise to owning Shaw yeah. is a progression that happens over time. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, some of that is even more recent probably than than some folks realize because it I feel like from the 2000s on it just feels like Emma's in control, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with her like like a story about like her working her way up or something. I just don't feel like this backup achieves that. Um, it also, it, I mean, why is that backup in this comic? Do we know? It's
2: oh boy, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> right? Like, what do we? Yeah. What does that get us? It's like vaguely Xavier and uh, Mora like going to different mutants for. I don't, yeah, it, it's because the it, backup's it about very... Vulcan's
0: teammates. Makes sense and are
1: kind yeah, of. Cool. It's like she turns them down, so it's like here's one
0: member that they asked. They tried to get Emma sure, on that team uh, and didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's. <laughs> I guess so. That's the story there. That's a weird yeah. wrinkle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't know. Um, again, uh, you know, it, it's the art is drawn so strange that i didn't get the like the greg horn cover effect like emma's got such weird scraggly ribs in this like i, I think it would be very hard to be horny i i think p
0: woods is a really poor fit for those uh for those sequences hmm. honestly um i don't like firing shots and artists whose body of work that i don't really know because p woods is definitely a name that i know and i'm sure i've read more of their stuff and enjoyed it but i thought on this particular sequence it was a it it, it didn't look good Um, I mean, listen, you're drawing a a Hellfire Club, like, strip scene, and these comics are, like, the farthest thing from sexy.
1: I think an aspect of this I did think is funny, although I, you know, don't know if I need to see it carried through, is that the, like, the bouncers at the Hellfire Club are also still wearing the, like, the powdered wig and the, you know. Sure, yeah. The old fancy turn of the, like, 16th century. Uh, clothing, but that's just like the bouncer. Like one of them goes, "Yo," <laughs> to Emma Frost when she's like yeah, yeah. leaving her shift early. A guy in a powdered wig, which I think is really funny. Um, yeah, I know we're talking a lot about this one. Can we can we talk about? New well, adventures? so let's.
0: Where does this leave us? This leaves us with Professor X returns. Cyclops mm-hmm. tells him, "Don't like what you did. You're not welcome here." <laughs> Professor X says this is literally my house since like <laughs> says, get out <laughs> well
1: no you know what good good moment i actually really liked this moment yeah. because he cyclops goes like right for the throat like you can yeah. tell cyclops is upset because he's like you can't live here anymore you need to leave and professor x like you said he's like no i live here this is my place and he was like no you don't belong here you're not a mutant anymore
0: yeah that's brutal that is
1: yeah. that's very nasty um I think that that really works, and that is also one of the things of, like, post House of M that I think's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that dynamic between the, like, the used-to-bes and, like, are they still considered mutants? I think this was more of as being used, like, Cyclops wielding it as a, you know, bludgeon against Professor X in that moment. But, like, I am interested in seeing, like, how X mutants would be treated in general. Oh, can I point something else out? Um, I felt like we never visited Genosha, the mutant you know nation island city, uh-huh. um, before. I don't know if we ever like visited it before Grant Morrison wiped it out in New <laughs> X Men. Like, to crazy me... <laughs> crazy but okay
0: did we did we read stuff in the 90s about it yeah it like uh, extinction agenda is set there oh I, I the uh, I... the genosha saga well, like then becomes
2: like a weird mind robot. Uh, and so does yeah but it was Havoc? was yeah. it a,
1: a mutant nation at that point or was no it, it wasn't yet
0: no we read the ur- yeah. the original yeah. genosha is, has like mutants as as slaves right 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 it's I like remember okay
1: I remember that but like it as a city for mutants uh, I didn't read it
0: ex- Char- oh. Charlotte and I covered the Magneto made the official ruler of genosha arc um, yeah I, s- I saved I you skip from skip that, that. One. okay
1: yeah. so at most there's one other we visit genosha so much now it's just it's wild yeah. how much yeah we go back to genosha over and over it's like every episode we've done with x-men recently we've hung out at genosha all three of the comics we read t- today son of m deadly genesis and new avengers, and new avengers all, yeah. all take little side stops in genosha Um, and it's like there's four people who live there (laughs) right now but we keep going to visit them listen Um, if you want
0: proof that Marvel editorial hates mutants during this era it's that they didn't want to go to Genosha once when it was full of mutants and then (laughs) (laughs) when they're all dead they can't stop there's your there's your ammunition Um, okay Deadly Genesis an incredibly uh, interesting continuity exercise Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly one with legs you know I mean I think there's there's uh you know we saw on the in the gala, a lot of very length.
1: very readable like I, I hope it doesn't come across like i think it's a a slog to get through or anything it just it feels a little
0: well and i'm, I'm also like i'm comparing it to i mean edward ricker's writing straight up probably my favorite captain america run and that and, thing uh, just moves right just, like, that you know, comic and then of like, course the creator own stuff and it's just yeah. the pace and everything like yeah, yeah. this is this does not feel like that at all yeah um and so i far. think that's that's what i hold against it all right new avengers yeah one of the best comics of all time, New vendors <laughs> Okay, 16. can I, can I can I set this up? I'd like I'd I, like Charlotte to start, please. Charlotte, what did you? <laughs> what? Fine, Zach. Wait. Fine. I've been waiting for this moment for so long, Zach. Yeah. So
1: did Dave, I miss David something wrote.
2: What's special about this? Dave
1: wrote on the spreadsheet. I've been waiting for this for years, and so I walked into this comic, being like, "Okay, this is going to be some good oh. stuff, right? Like maybe there's <laughs> going to be a great. This is a great arc. Dave's really excited about this. Um, comic starts out some." Big, powerful, flaming guy uh, hits Earth, lands on Earth, goes on the warpath through Alaska. Uh, They don't want to send the Avengers in. They send an Alpha flight. And I'm like... Oh, right, yeah. I'm immediately like, oh, okay. I know why Dave was waiting for this for years. (laughs) Um, And then I realized, no, Dave wasn't being sarcastic because this is one of the most touching, moving... Examples of heroism <laughs> I've ever seen in a Marvel comic. I think I've yeah. cried two times reading Marvel comics ever, and this was the third. I wept, wept, <laughs> looking at their selflessness, their bravery in the face of unstoppable odds. And uh, I'm so glad that you finally saw the light, Dave. That Alpha Flight is um, this was the, the most inspirational, inspiring, yeah. inspirational and inspiring uh, superhero outfit out the, that we have they look so cool that's what actually they, they're just used I, do they get killed it's kind of unclear to me if they get oh, yeah, killed they're all they're, dead
0: that's crazy they did
2: get killed between two panels like we zach's don't fandom is so strong game.
0: that he can see their lifeless bodies in the snow and be like they're only sleeping I, I, i'm <laughs> looking at it right now alpha light. <laughs> <alpha slide. laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I am taking
0: this podcast is alpha full alpha of alpha lights. yes <laughs> yeah, absolutely right.
1: um Anyway, they're uh, they're fine. They're gonna be back. They, they have to be.
0: This um, is, in fact, the moment where Alpha Flight gets decimated. I can't believe that upon... they
1: let him do this. It's crazy. Like, it is kind of wild, isn't it? It is a little nuts because it is. It's a good team with like. like there's a lot of potential. It's not, but Flight. it's
0: six known characters. Right. There's
1: a ton of potential. Well, three. Um. I mean, this this is like the OG, like shaman and uh, the oh, you got shaman in there. Shaman and um, it's not Wendigo. What's his name? Sasquatch. Um, Come on. Thank you. Sas- I, I should worse. not
0: be correcting you on Alpha Flight. Yeah, not it's uh,
1: Aurora and Northstar. There, Sasquatch, shaman, guardian. Oh, that's Aurora
0: and Northstar, really?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the it? the two of them in there. Little... No, because
2: Northstar survives this. Yeah, I don't think, oh, North think well, right. Northstar is not blonde.
1: I mean, look, I am not up-to-date on <laughs> There's There's two people in, like, green and yellow outfits. I don't know who they are. Um, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think
0: there are three Alpha fighters here who you probably can't even name.
1: I think Marina is there because there's a shot um, of the actual, like, battle where someone is getting, like, scales peeled off their body. And I'm like, I think that's Marina in the background. Um, there's no battle, Zach. They're no, we can't. Just... Later, <laughs> They're later, just wiped out. No, I know, but like it, two issues after the the first one, we actually yeah. see like there's a double page spread that shows like the actual fight, and it's like, uh, you know, watching them get like decimated in the moment. Uh, and you get you get to see them fight. That's believe me, I know. I, the it... tears the tears were just starting to well, dry. You know what? <laughs> and, then... and I
0: I am uh yeah I should not be as critical of of you maybe not recognizing some of these characters when your eyes are full of water. Thank you. Thank I you. mean, good. I don't know how you can see anything, frankly. Um, those <laughs> you need to wipe those glasses out. <laughs> absolutely soaking wet. I can't believe <laughs> like, they so wet. This entire done this. Yeah. I mean, so like Bendis is making a point, right? Bendit, and he's making two points. One, Alpha Flight sucks. Point achieved. Point understood. Second point. Mm-hmm. Collective is very strong, (laughs) okay. And to make the point that the collective is very strong, he he had to run this up the ladder to someone, to be like, "What is a unit of intellectual property (laughs) that I can wipe out entirely?" It's so stupid. I mean, like like, Alpha Flight for sure.
1: Separate, separate of me liking Alpha Flight because you know. To be honest, I haven't read an Alpha Flight comic in fifteen years. Before this, right? Yeah, like I'm not keeping up on Alpha Flight um i think one it's such a tried and true like i think it's a really like lazy shortcut um especially if you do nothing to sell it right and he does nothing to sell it so like
2: yeah because we know just, alpha flight are chumps so it's not surprised it's surprising to see them go down like he doesn't sell chumps. the collective being being strong yeah so
1: it's <laughs> just gonna it'd be like if he went through a pack of squirrels zach, i mean, I mean be like, i'm be, half be like alpha kidding because like be strong zach um, I'm, I'm only half kidding because,
2: like, those are characters you – if you're reading New Avengers number 16 in 2006, mm-hmm. what are the chances you've read an of Flight comic before, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that's – I mean, but it's also, oh. like, even if this – yeah, the I'm-gonna-kill-off-a-lower-B tier, upper-C tier character to show you that the villain is tough, um, like, you have to do something more than just saying, like, oh my god, he killed – well there's a real b tier upper c tier it has to be you know you have to actually sell the moment right they like i think it's it doesn't work for that reason
0: not it doesn't because... it also doesn't work because you know this is a book that is is trying to bring in a lot of new readers and you could very like if you're starting marvel comics in the 2000s you know it, it very if somebody was like this is where alpha flight was introduced <laughs> like they were created to be introduced as a Canadian super team that the Collected could immediately kill off, I would understand why you would think that, mm-hmm. right? That they were, like, fake characters that were made up for one scene as opposed to, you <laughs> yeah, know, characters too. with a decade-long history.
1: I mean, you um, can do, they wiped you can do out that. They're so that, fast. You can also do that. Like, you don't need to know who Alpha Flight is for the impact to land. I think he just doesn't do anything in the selling
0: of it right like well no the, um, the pacing of this issue is insane <laughs> like new yeah. avengers number yeah. <laughs> 16 it opens with nine wordless splash pages oh my god he makes okay. up for it later yeah and i like yeah. he does but i like steve mcniven a lot he's on these issues um great uh, artist yeah, yeah, yeah they're not stellar splash pages <laughs> like there's not a boatload going on oh some are
1: pretty good i don't know if i actually agree with that I, besides the helicarrier like all the um shield people just bustling around I think the the
0: panel like
1: oh no these are all good I'm looking through them right now
0: I didn't say they're bad I didn't say they're no, they, bad I'm just saying you're gonna open the comic with nine wordless pages mm. I kind of want the build like, up to that to one panel
1: of the guy screaming the collective like screaming and it's just yeah. one I think that's a really good page and I do like
0: um, com- I do like Bendis's confidence to do mm. to do things like that you know but I think if I had bought this issue in 2006 I would have lost my mind and then he <laughs> he does. Like,
1: four pages later, we get, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. responding to this alert, and there's a splash page, double, two-page splash, um, a spread, a two-page spread of Maria Hill and all of S.H.I.E.L.D. responding, and it is so full of words. And I actually went back and read it, just to confirm, nothing happens. It's just a ton of, like, you know, threat uh, in Alaska. What is it? Energy readings are off the charts. Have you... Scrambled the jets. air force is coming. Like, nothing actually happens. No character development. No plot moving forward. Like, it's just all kind of, like, feeling like there's something in Alaska moving towards us. It could be, like, literally two panels. Well, and I feel like two... as
0: a visual, it conveys yeah. the sense of the chaos of a S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, right? Yeah. When something like this happens, that mm-hmm. there would be all these voices clattering around. I think the problem is, is that the way we read comics is to actually read those words <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like you act you kind of just need them as effects you don't need them as dialogue and i think that's a thing that the bend certainly has so... not cracked. I, um, I
1: mean he does sometimes but like yeah not i, I mean that the thing he does that sometimes where he'll have like so someone being overwhelmed with like the voices in their head or the background noise of chit-chat
0: or something. Probably see that in Daredevil a few times, yeah.
1: Daredevil, and I remember with Ultimate Spider-Man where Peter Parker is, like, hyper-focused on some, you know, like, he's in his head about some tragedy happening to him as Spider-Man, and the rest of the world is just moving on around him, and teenagers are just doing their normal teenage stuff, but he's sitting there moping about someone dying or something. And so Bendis fills the background, or the, the letterer, fills the background with, like, 100 bubbles of little snippets of conversation but that like signals you're not supposed to read these you're supposed to skim over it and it's for effect this is yeah like, totally he does a lot of panels here between like especially with shield Ugh, maria hill is very boring <laughs> i i do want to <laughs> yeah.
0: clarify steve mcdivin's really flipping good i mean it's like yeah. you look at these comics especially compared to mm. you know the yeah, really, stuff we just came yeah. off that i was you know definitely hemming and hawing about um everything is so clean everything is Mm -hmm. super like you said alpha flight comes in and they superhero pose baby they look cool they do do. and then they are revealed to be total major chumps and they are decimated so honestly huge win for us pour one out for zach and alpha flight they're done for i'm reading about likes again uh they come back really Um, don't zach quickly no no spoilers no spoilers yes yeah yeah yeah. um uh, well, well,
1: you're going to that... make us read Alpha Fight Volume 4, Issue
0: 2? <laughs> with... I'm not, but I bet a reader might, a, a right. Patreon backer, or you. Look, I'm Kane's spoiling
1: list. it. Puck fights his way out of hell, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not nice. kidding. It, literally, I'm reading the Wikipedia, and uh, Puck escapes from hell after his fight with Ball. Also, why did Puck go to hell? That's kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy.
3: Oh boy. Uh, oh anyway, boy. there's a rest there's a whole comic besides What else happens?
0: Alpha
2: <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Charlotte, um, it,
0: did you like any of the rest of this comic?
2: Uh it's okay. I don't know. I the art is great. <laughs> yeah. Steve Mac McNe- like honestly like three great artists on New Avengers. You got Steve McNiven, Olivier Coppel and then uh, Alex Malieve. like awesome stuff visually mm-hmm. great. Uh, even I don't remember who's inking Quappel in uh, New Avengers annual, but like at first I couldn't quite tell if it was Quapel or not because like it felt different than his usual style, it felt more like cartoony, I think. Um, so, like, who was it? was just it was a inking. little early,
0: you might be right on the inking, but even
2: compared also... to to House of M, like it felt different. I think well, it's, that's it, a good point. Yeah. I think it was a different inker, um, but like, although I do
0: love y- you both shouted this out in House of M, uh, how Quapel will do kind of like a almost like a manga esque. Little like cutesy yeah, kind of background yeah. face. He does mm-hmm. it with Luke Cage here, <laughs> where he he like catches the Sentry or something. This is in the annual, and yeah. he gives like a little smile and a thumbs up to Spider Man, and he's flying by. Like it's very cutesy and like yeah. it's yeah. it's not your traditional superhero art. Um, and I love it. It's very fun. Yeah,
2: Please love Capell, and then Maliv like absolutely saving a a <laughs> an issue that I I don't know. I wouldn't say I hated that issue, but like made me laugh. Um, boy, yeah, boy, what it would just have... like it is not <laughs> supposed to. In, Finn Barton trying to like get some closure on the Scarlet. Oh Barton, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead but, and then he's but, back and he's fine, I guess. Because uh, yeah. who cares? And um, he goes to <laughs> Latveria <laughs> Lat- no, it's not Latveria. He goes to some other European country, I think. Oh is it Latveria? I don't it's know. It's all that. the things. Isn't it there.
0: isn't it Wonder Gore Mountain? It's the classic uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're classic right. Maximoff. Maximov. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And he just like Finds a random villager who looks like Wanda and has a weird discussion with her and then has sex with her, and that's it. That's the issue. That's what she said. It's um, cool. cool. What? That's cool as hell. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what? I,
1: I have no idea. I, I couldn't even care. Um, and like,
2: I <laughs> I can't spoil it because are we going to read um, uh, Young Avengers uh, Children's Crusade? Probably. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm exactly. not going to spoil it, but that moment gets insanely more funny uh, because of something that happens later. Oh, um, I actually,
1: I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. See, just weird issue.
1: What's,
0: what, so what let's, is So let's talk about happening? the reveals of New Avengers number 26. Wait, okay.
1: So the collective though, the big monster that comes and lands on Earth, which they fight. And I honestly think. There's not a ton to this. And the this collective
0: doesn't... is, there's a question at the end of House of M, which is where'd all that mutant energy no, go? No, no,
1: no, no. This is what I want to bring up. It's not a question at the end of House of M. It's a question at the beginning of Deadly Genesis. It's like the first Oh, is panel. it the Vulcan stuff? It's like the first panel of Deadly Genesis is Beast talking to someone, Rachel Summers or oh, 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 and yeah, being yeah. like, and it's so stupid. It's like, you know, mutants have a higher energy signature than humans, so when all when Wanda wiped it out, where did that energy go? Like, no, but there's saying?
2: the exact same discussion at the end of at, at the end of House of M because like yeah, yeah, Hank Bim is on the there. radio okay, well, talking about the exact same that, thing. But
1: I do remember Deadly Genesis said it, which is very strange because it has nothing to do with that comic. Except maybe that it's doing a like a fake out, because then it cuts to space and a guy shows up in space and has big powers, yeah. so you're like, I oh, think that's oh, an okay fake work. out. Yeah. Yeah, except that like then if you read it a second time, you'd be like, wait, so why are they talking about that? They're just lying to me?
3: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's just a lie. Chums, Is that how you then... treat all red herrings?
0: Just like, <laughs> like flabbergasted that someone would have lied to you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, they put that later. clue there for no reason. Why would they do that?
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was kind of funny that it got brought up in Deadly Genesis. Yeah, but yeah. he's just all the power lumped into one guy. All your power.
0: Dave, did you know your no power.
1: one man should have all that power? What
0: would you do? Nope, I don't do that one anymore, Zach. I know you do. I know. don't do that one anymore. Okay, um, so yes. he. Th- so Okay, but the big thing at the end of the collective is, okay, so there's all the mutant energy in this individual who's just tearing things apart. The Avengers go out to stop him. He goes to Genosha. Of course, he powers up Magneto, <laughs> who, who declares he's Zorn again. So this is depowered Magneto, post House of M, Right. The collective puts all the mutant energy in Magneto. He says, "I'm Zorn, bitch," and then he raises all of the dead of Genosha. But or a bunch doesn't of them? he say
2: that like the mutant energy is Zorn or something like? like yes. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. It was it's, confusing. It's, like I did, wasn't quite clear on what. No, Zorn I thought. Was, okay. I, think, like, I thought S- someone explained Zorn, this to me. I thought I've Zorn was the this.
1: one that absorbed all the energy and became this. Right, right, right. No,
2: the, it's just a random guy named Michael. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which is bonkers <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just cool. a random Alaskan man. Um, no, Zorn is like the
1: energy, I think. Okay, Zorn under control of Sublime emerged again after the M day where most mutants lost their powers. The energy mass was later revealed to be all Dan. The mass targeted a mutant named Michael Pointer. Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. falling asleep as we His mutant as we powers speak. to absorb different mutant energies. To the collective, he murdered Alpha Flight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's revealed himself to be...
0: Wait, so how is he Zorn? What do you mean?
3: I don't know.
2: Listen, I don't know listen ma- That the Zorn knows. mess
0: is incredibly complicated, okay? Do you know He used writer? to be a postman. Do you know the <laughs> last ri- He used to be a postman. <laughs> that's the first Wait sentence. a minute, Mr. Postman. <laughs> he to uh, be around for a while. Michael Pointer is a hero. Let's just... Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, okay, the writer I would choose in last place to explain the complexity of Zorn and Sublime is Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> he, he is not going to resolve that continuity in any sort of satisfying manner. This does not do that. It only confuses matters. Magneto is powerful for like 12 minutes before he has stopped. S.H.I.E.L.D. takes him away. As far as we know, Magneto is still depowered now, but... Obviously, something has happened, and Magneto will not be powerless. Uh, you know, I,
1: I said it before. There's a lot of stuff I like about Bendis, and none of it is big continuity swings. It is all the small character stuff. And it's the thing he's
0: probably the change. worst at, actually. Yeah. Um, I think he's a broad strokes continuity guy. Sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. and uh, I, I think that's that can be fine. You know, like in Daredevil, it's not a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right, just yeah, in
2: He does shake up the status quo of the character. But it's, all, right?
1: it's so focused on like one man in his life, yeah. focused on right? Matt's like, world. Yeah. 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 Which I think he's really good at. And then like every time the camera like pulls back to a big team and like big happenings, it's much less effective for me.
0: That's like you know when I say Brubaker pulls at the strings of Krakoa so successfully, you know I think the Bendis version of that is a nightmare. <laughs> I think yeah. The Bendis yeah. version of that oh, yeah. is yeah. not. Some, that's not the type of story you want him telling. Um, and I don't think it's the type of story he's interested in telling, you know? Well, I don't know. He kind
1: of keeps going, you know. He's I don't think he's in, but... the
0: Marvel nerd history type of storyteller. No, that's That's, right? that's, that's true. Uh, and yep. and I think there's a lot of advantages to that in many ways, right? It, it's not it's not all negative, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely, definitely does not work well. Okay, so New Avengers 26, the fallout, uh, the reveals from the... <laughs> so before we get to what Charlotte said, um, Hawkeye's back, post House of M. Wanda brought Hawkeye back. Thanks, Wanda. Uh, Hawkeye is wandering the globe, trying to find Wanda. Finds someone who looks like her in One Mountain. Has a nice one-night stand. Can't get her to admit that she's Wanda. But I mean, clearly, it seems to be Wanda. But doesn't even so we have both like Hawkeye he... and Wanda God. around post House of M. So whereas a Son of M, comic. whereas Son of M, very effectively, you know, like takes a post House of M fallout and turns turns a character study in a series out of it. Bendis answers the rest of the questions, I would say um, <laughs> very unsatisfyingly. <laughs> you know? Like, it like puts all the players back on the board, and it kind of answers those questions. But, like, as Fallout goes, it's kind of like, well, let's just... Can we just get on to, like, the story you actually want to tell here? You know? Um, that That's how I feel about most of these.
1: Yeah. It's... Uh, I got nothing out of this one. Can we talk about the wedding instead? <laughs>
0: let's nope. talk about the wedding. Charlotte, do you love wedding issues in Marvel Comics, or do you hate them?
2: Uh... I can't think of. Oh, uh, I guess <laughs> Fantastic Four, Annual Number Two, and then what's what's uh, what's another example? Spidey. <laughs> I can't even find one. Spidey uh, and
0: Mary Jane, uh, in sure, the eighties. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what my favorite uh, my favorite
2: wedding issue is? I don't even remember where it is. I think it's like a spectacular Spider Man thing. Where it's like a nightmare that Peter has where like the guests at the wedding oh, yeah. are Captain America, Hubgoblin and maybe <laughs> Dark Ark. Yeah. I don't even I I don't even remember what the joke is. I don't I just remember that it was quite funny. Um, I don't remember
0: who's getting married. Is it Am and Dark Ark? Maybe not.
2: I don't know if it's Peter and MJ or if it's May and Ark. I can like, picture
0: that image. Yeah.
2: It's like Cap cap being like uh, like proud of Peter and, and stuff, like hobgoblin being like I hate you all. Um yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like um I don't know. Uh, wedding issues I think in theory I like. In like in effect, I, I don't know. I don't feel them particularly like well, depend I mean, they're not it's not
1: like I like, I I don't know, to me it's not like I love wedding issues or I don't. It's like do I care about the romance? Right? I think they're all kind of the sure, same. Sure, yeah. Is the yeah, problem. It, they all
2: important. do the like,
0: Fantastic Four thing. Yeah, a you know? super villain
2: attacks, and I think that's like pretty boring. Let's show the the actual wedding. Let's let let, let like weirdly the most the more interesting and like daring thing is like just show the wedding <laughs> and not <laughs> yeah. go into super shenanigans. Just pure ceremony, yeah. Yeah, I mean honestly, like just like the interpersonal drama of those characters and like focusing on that. Because I like, don't think like. The the annual focuses on Luke and Jessica's relationship, like at the beginning and at the end, but like the fight has nothing to do with them. Um, right. So that's pretty boring. Yeah, it's not also specific
0: like, to them. It's not specific to their yeah. relationship or their story at all either. Like if
2: it was like Purple Man or, th- or some someone like that, like attacking, like yeah, that could be relevant to to their story. Yeah, it's just um,
0: Bendis's. Yelena Belova, Black Widow nonsense. Where she's turned into the (laughs) super-adactoid. I don't know why you said that. Yelena Belova. Yelena (laughs) Belova. No, the
2: other other thing. uh, Oh, what? Yelena Bova, which is the fusion between Yelena Belova and and Bova.
0: (laughs) Make it happen. (laughs) Perfect.
2: Um, Uh, No, what was I going to say? Yeah, that's a personal pet peeve of mine. When you have, like... Uh, a fun ceremony where people, uh, where superhero characters dress up in mobile comics. They should. I mean, I'm, I'm not spoiling anything. Like by just mentioning the existence of the Hellfire Gala, which is like a very recent thing, where like, yeah. big gala, big events where people dress up, superhero people dress up, but like, in a way that's actually fun and that like has to do with that with their vibes as superheroes. I don't know Jessica Jones wearing like the most basic wedding dress is like pretty boring and annoying what? to me, and I think part uh, of it is yeah. just like the like her character has become so bland uh, post uh, Elias. Yeah. Yes, that's what yep. it. But also like I don't know, have Luke Cage wearing like a fun yellow yellow suit that <laughs> reminds us of like his early outfit. Like Jess, Jess should have like a more fo- like a black dress, something. I don't know, just be original. I mean, it's so crazy. That Bendis created Jessica
1: Jones and wrote all of Alias because it feels like that, you know, one person would have done that. And then somebody else took Mm. the characters and then, like, softened them and completely lost their, like, identities. But it's him. Like, he made Jessica Jones and then he sapped her of everything that made her interesting. And I get, like, if it's not in the Max line, he can't be doing the same thing. But, like, compare the relationship between Luke Cage and Jessica Jones now versus, like, what it was originally, where, like, Jessica Jones was like, shut up, Luke, I'm using you for sex. (laughs) And he's just like, (laughs) fine by me, bitch. Like, and that was, like, the entirety of their relationship. And now, like, he's, it's so, like, meat cute. And, like, it's just, they're, like, so bubbly and adorable. And it's like, I, you can transfer, you can move from one thing to the next. Like in Alias, by the end of Alias, when the two of them come together, it is kind of touching because you kind of see, like, the walls that they had up with each other and now like it's just yeah. so sanded down to be nothing um you know who you know what the best wedding issue is and i can't believe i'm about to say this it's rick jones wedding that peter david oh, yeah. <laughs> issue yeah with rick jones wedding that i mean it's the same thing it's like all the funny guests showing up for the wedding but it's really good that one's you're, really funny
0: you're right i think yeah. that's my favorite too that's uh mm-hmm. david knows how to play incredible. with the trope and to to flip it on its head and and have fun with it, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas as Bendis is just doing, the Fantastic Four, you know, style. Um, I I really you know I I don't know if it's because, Yelena is a character that now kind of has you know MCU presence and maybe some renewed interest in, in salvaging. But like like Bendis really like like his version of this character sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. he like what like kills her in the Savage Land like immediately. And then reveals she's not dead, but she's horribly scarred. And then turns her into a super-adaptoid. And we do get to see <laughs> like, her, like, pop at the end. Someone presses a button,
1: and it is actually, it's pretty sick. <laughs> the uh, the artwork yeah. that just makes her, like, bubble up and explode. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, this poor character.
0: <laughs> it's just, uh, it's it's a bad run. Bad run for Yelena, for sure. Yeah, weirdly, um,
1: this comic left very little impression on me. I don't know. I, it's it, a, Mostly because
0: the... Main relationship
1: does nothing for me. Well, and I
0: think the big... Well, yeah, I think the relationship is... it's so Like you said, so sanded down. It's not... And there wasn't, like, a nice progression to this point. (laughs) You know, it's all just... The second Jessica entered the 616, it was just, like... It's, like, good grief. Like, just because you can't swear doesn't mean you have to, like, write a different character. But that's kind of what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think this is the... This is a real, like... Okay, we're... You're now 15-plus issues in the new Avengers run... And this is like a worrisome period to me where it's like, has has Brian outstayed his welcome on New Avengers? Because I think when you read these issues, we skip the Civil War tie-ins. Obviously, we're going to do Civil War later this year. Um, but it's like, you know, can this uh, – where's this run going? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? This was you certainly know? the most like, oh, just a week-to-week, monster-of-the-week story. Because I mostly definitely. liked it prior to this point, yeah. you know? And I, I do like the transformation of the team. I like the shift of the status quo. But this is definitely a – A period where I think it is stuck, and it's not clear what the next thing is at all, right? Like it's not because right now they're kind of just like worried about like it's kind of Jessica Drew's got some spy stuff going on, and you know she's been connections to Nick Fury, and they're kind of skeptical of her, and it's kind of like okay, but that's all like under the radar. It's just New Avengers needs to needs to find its footing again, Um, and I won't say whether it does or not because I don't want to spoil it. To want to spoil if it's good. <laughs> we'll not do that. So next time.
1: I wait, you know what? I there there's someone in our Slack who literally has told me that. Like, he's like, I don't even like to know if people liked something or not because I feel like it spoils it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's like you know, so you even know that's you like are, you just can't but... you just can't consume anything <laughs> yeah. <stuff. laughs> yeah. You know, it's, like you have to fair. just read it all and then come back and do yeah. later if you're that. Which
1: honestly, you know what? 2024, it's the year of me. Just absolutely divorcing myself from the discourse on everything. I'm really selling that, like putting that in my heart. Like, just it's a nice complete, idea. Yeah, completely staying away from the like democratization of criticism, which I am <laughs> becoming Ooh, I like, increasingly.
0: I like the uh, way you put that because I feel okay, I felt I didn't similarly come up with without it, that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I. I, you, I oh, still you do know on occasion. Just, <laughs> sorry.
1: You know who I heard that from, though? Because I, I just cribbed that from somebody. Uh-huh. Christopher Nolan, who he himself stays completely off the internet. Did you hear the yeah. story? No. It just happened this week. <laughs> he was he was on his Peloton getting a bike ride in, and the instructor just out of nowhere was like, Did you see Tenet? What the f is that that's <laughs> long. That's two hours of my life. I'm not going to get back. And she went on this big rant about Tenet. And he's just like... <laughs> I'm just trying to get a workout in here, like. (laughs) And and then he kind of fussed about like everyone's a critic, but uh, you know. That is incredible. It's very funny. Yeah. (laughs) He tries so hard to stay away from it, and then. Yeah. Even on the peloton. That's a good story. Okay, sorry, Dave. You were were saying.
0: Oh, I don't remember. Next time on My Marvelous Year 2006 Part Two, we're gonna do more decimation,
3: Mm -hmm. and we're gonna Mm -hmm. do it
0: because our patrons demand it. Patreon.com mm-hmm. slash MyMarvelousYear. This is our first ever patron-backed episode. We've had patrons come in and insert issues before, much to my dismay. This is <laughs> I, I'm going to be just apoplectic next week Ooh. as we try to, to do funny. a whole episode. Patron-sponsored. Uh, it's going to be X-Men, number 177 through basically 193. Eh, not basically, but you, know, you get to just. <laughs> yes, a, uh, a lot yeah. of my carry written X-Men, which I'm actually very excited about. The 198, my- issues 1 through 5. And then Uncanny X Men number four six that just got added this
1: morning. I just threw that one in. Oh, Apparently, okay. it's a just a fun Mojo issue that uh one Is parents...
0: there such a thing? That'll be the prevailing. Question. He
1: he said I, he was like I have one really fun X Men issue to add, and then I was like, what is it? And he was like, be warned, it's a Mojo issue, but yeah, it's yeah. really fun. So um, okay, and then once we get out promotion. of the... Oh oh
0: sorry, you want to keep going? Keep once going. we get out of Decimation. We're gonna go back to Captain America. Mm. We're gonna do we're gonna do a full Ed Brubaker episode, actually. Oh, yeah. Captain America, Brubaker Daredevil begins, and Books of Doom. That's a must-read. Wait, he does that all mean, three of those? Third that's episode. cool. Yeah, that's those are all written
1: that's sick.
0: By, by friend of Comic Book Herald, personal friend Ed Brubaker. Um and then the rest of the year, X-Factor, new X-Men, Planet Hulk, Next mm-hmm. Wave, She-Hulk relaunch, Annihilation, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange the Oath. Civil War—it's a big year.
1: Marvel Zombies—don't skip that one. I'm excited to talk about Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies—what re- are you really most excited like... about?
0: I would say I'm most excited to talk Annihilation with both of you. Yeah, I have it.
1: Annihilation too. no yeah. idea what Annihilate. Like literally, I've—I'm I- assuming Annihilus, but that's—it's a good all I good have. hunch. That is <laughs> all I know can think about that. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Peter David doing X Factor. I really liked his first X Factor run. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see if he still th- has
0: it. I will say up front... I like this X Factor run better than the original for sure.
1: Cool, 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 cool. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's not like one episode here that doesn't have something I'm very excited to to read. Oh, and you know what? Like...
0: Well, I'll find a way to make you <laughs> reconsider those points. <words.
1: laughs> I mean, I'm sure there'll be stuff. I'm sure I'll find something to complain about. Um, lacrosse promotion. Speaking of Brew Baker, we almost did a Brew Baker Sean Phillips series on extra issues. That was what a it. but (laughs) but instead (laughs) well that just made me think about that but the other tie-in is we're going to be reading a bunch of mike carey x-men next week um charlotte and i are about to do well about to do meaning like four months from now um after we finish up jeff smith's bone and berserk uh we're going to be doing sandman we're going to do the whole neil gaiman series and we're going to do the lucifer series by mike carey
0: Oh yeah, hell which yeah! Is probably
1: his most known work, as well as a couple other tie ins. So okay, let me if know you when to... you
0: are doing Lucifer because I've been promising myself to read that for years ah, okay. and have not made the time. I've read the first volume. I need to just do it. We're gonna so split it know. into two, so
1: you know you can join us for either one. Oh,
0: I am not. I don't even. I mean, thank you for the invite. I don't know if I'll even want to join. I just I want to sit down. And <laughs> oh, read you just down.
1: want to read along? Okay, you are just yeah. a you are just a fan of the show. Yeah, just a fan
0: you. of it. As a fan of extra issues, I want to play along.
1: But yeah, I am excited because I've read as. Dave makes fun of me. Uh, a lot of people make fun of me. I have read probably the first 45 issues of Sandman, and there's only, I think, 60. <laughs> I've read the first 45 like four or five times. I've gotten so close to the finish line on this comic. It's hilarious yeah, that you keep starting over and never <laughs> I just <laughs> kind of keep drifting Rather off Rather than at just some finishing, point. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, uh, why I continually keep drifting off this. I know that first volume inside out. Like, I could tell you beat for beat what happens in that <laughs> yeah. first volume because i've read it so many times and i just have never read Fam- it the famously the arm. weakest volume right yeah yeah <laughs> well i've read the first few volumes a couple of times but that first one yeah yeah have never
2: read of, a single page of sandman so. you've never I touched told it I'm, okay I'm Yay, so Aaron, yeah, that's what i'm time. so
1: excited about because she's gonna
2: she's gonna love it
1: yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and if you listener have not read sandman use this as an uh, opportunity to jump on because it's It's incredible. Now, I will uh, be launching Extra Issues
0: 2 this year. It's one of my big 2024 announcements. Uh, This will be on the CBH live streams. We're going to be reading Sandman as well, but it's going to be every appearance of Flint Marco. So we're going to read every appearance of Flint Marco from Origins to Today, Sandman (laughs) 2. This is only Tough. on Comic Book Herald Live. Uh, Tough she... luck
2: for, for Wesley Dodds, uh, who's being uh, That's what uh, I, really thought I thought he was going to say. I thought he was going to be hey, like, hey, we're hey. going to
0: read the mystery theater stuff. I didn't say
2: <laughs> I couldn't have a spinoff.
1: <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> I could Extra have Issues have... 3 is still on the Extra table Issues guys. 3 is <laughs> just Wesley
0: Dodds. <laughs> have you ever read the uh, the Mystery Theater Matt Wagner stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That comes better. out around the same time? Yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. It is really cool. Yeah. It's like, it's so weird that it's like, you know, got, like, like, it's, tied into like the sandman craze with a totally different character and unrelated stories but they're also it, really good <laughs> and it's like yeah totally
1: overshadowed and then slightly confusing because even in neil gaiman's sandman he makes reference to the wesley dodd sandman in yeah. like the second issue or something yeah do you, dave do you remember like i i was just rereading sandman and i think it's the first time i have read the first volume since like really getting to know dc there are so many weird DC references in that first volume. In the first six issues. About. Yeah, yeah. You get it's, a like, whole sequence, it's like a DC Universe book, yeah. You get a whole sequence on Apocalypse with Granny Goodness as, like, Scott Free is having nightmares about, uh, yeah. like, being tortured on Apocalypse. And I'm like, yeah, you're bringing in, like new god stuff that's so strange
0: anyway there's like there's like a f- um. surprising amount of kirby <laughs> yeah, yeah, six yeah. Issues.
1: yeah and then it oh. vanishes and never comes back
0: because so. you have an original sandman from the 70s as well right and it actually deals it weird Gaiman weirdly feels like it seems like a pressure to like deal with the the history of sandman before yeah. like fully like settling yeah. into his own it's it's yeah. kind of fascinating
1: yeah, yeah. and then like we spend time in Arkham Asylum. Scarecrow's there, like right, right, right. There's a bunch of
0: weird stuff like that.
1: I it's actually so like funny. that stuff. I know
0: people complain about like, oh, it, you know, it doesn't become it, Sandman until the Dow's house, but like, I actually like that. Oh no, there's so. I much think cool Gamey nails that really well. Really Plus, the, I mean, the diner thing. is, I think, one of the more certainly a very memorable. issue. And that's a Batman villain. So, like,
1: or <laughs> and
2: once, once again, I've never again, read a League single villain. page of Sandman. <laughs>
0: sorry,
1: sorry, we're spoiling it for you. <laughs> not we're not spoiling anything. I know,
3: I
2: know. There.
1: All right, all right. Well, let let's save it for four months from now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and extra issues we're covering Berserk right now, the uh, the dark fantasy manga. So
0: come check that out too. Um, okay. I will be sharing yeah. my dark fantasies on my separate podcast. <laughs> it's called Your Beautiful <laughs> Dark Fantasies. Dave here? goes, Stop it. I don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> Thanks for listening everybody to my Marvel this year. I'm David and Final Stuff comic Herald. Zach, and that's Charlotte. We'll be back next time, two thousand six part two. Back to Patreon.com slash Year. Your music for the show is by Disasterpiece. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next year. See you, see you next, next year. year. It did sound like you said, Zach, that's Charlie. <laughs> <laughs>